Okay, praise him, praise him. There's a, um, there's a phrase I want you to commit to memory today. And that phrase is, recognize the moment. The phrase is, recognize the moment. Commit that to memory. Lock it in. Recognize the moment. Many of you recognize the moment, but then again, many Christians don't. And what is this moment? What is this thing that's being called a moment? The moment is when you have a challenge before you. The moment is when you have a challenge before you and you have to decide what to do. Go to God or run from the problem. Go to God or try to fix it yourself without God. I'll read it again. The moment is when you have a challenge before you and you have to decide what it is that you're going to do. Whether you're going to go for God, go to God for the problem, or are you going to just try to fix it yourself without God? That is the moment. And you must decide what you want to do. That moment can be a split second. The moment can be a split second. Or it can be a more sustained, a longer period of time that could span moments, minutes, days, weeks, years. But it's a moment. However, you have to be able to recognize that moment when it comes before you. And we all have those moments. You have to recognize that moment and its significance in your life, what it means to you. You have to recognize that moment and stop and think, what does this particular moment that is before me, what does it mean? What potential impact does it have on my life? We all have these moments in our lives, as I said. Some moments can be tremendous blessings. You need to recognize when those moments come before you. Some moments can represent problems. Some moments can represent problems that are larger than others. But however, it's a moment. And what we're going to talk about today is how you recognize that moment. Some of those moments that can represent themselves as problems, some are larger than others, and some actually become giants of a problem. You've heard the expression, a giant of a problem. Did you ever feel like a problem or something that you have to do just seems too big to be managed? You ever have something that is before you that at that point in time feels too big to be managed? Well, guess what? This is a moment. This is one of those moments where you have to decide what it is that you're going to do. That moment you can't put back in time, you have to deal with it at that point that that moment is there because it is a moment. The key is to learn to recognize that moment. And decide what to do. You see, things happen in our lives. Things come up. Things pop up which seem to be just spur of the moment. Some things pop up in our lives that some people that are non-Christian will call to be a coincidence. But what we need to learn to do as Christians is as these things pop up, do we recognize this as a moment that I have to make a decision about something? The large issues of life are what are often called Goliath problems. And you can guess where I'm going to head with this. But the question for today is, how do I recognize the moment by realizing that I need to stand up to my giants with confidence? We all have these giants in our lives. And as these moments come up, you need to stop and think to yourself, how do I recognize them and how am I going to deal with them? And like I said, you know where this expression started. So let's go for a bit to one Samuel. Go for a bit to 1 Sam here, 1 Samuel 17. And instead of looking at the traditional story of David and Goliath, 
I want to point something out to you that scripture shows you here. And many times we just glaze and pass right over it. Okay, so starting at uh, see, chapter 17 and starting with verse 20. Now, you know that uh, before that, his father, Jesse, told David to go to the battlefield and to bring some lunch to his brothers and things like that. OK, so then it starts in, here in verse 20, it says, and David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. As you know, they were preparing to fight Goliath. For Israel and the, and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spoke according to the same words. And David heard them. David heard the, the words. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. Okay, all of the men were afraid. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him the daughter and make, give him and, and make his father's house free in Israel. Now, David is hearing all of this. And David spoke to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? Underline that. What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Thou mightest see the battle. So we pause there. Now, David is going through this conversation. Now, I want you to go back to verse number 26. Remember, in verse number 25, they were uh, saying what the king was going to do. Killeth him, will enrich him with great riches, give him his daughter, and make his father's house free in Israel. And then it says in 26, and David spoke to the men uh, that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine, and taking, taketh away the reproach of Israel? You underline that? This was David recognizing the moment. This was David recognizing the moment. He had been heard what was going to be done, done if someone killed this Philistine. Now, all of a sudden, David's mind was starting to work here. He saw how this Philistine Goliath was cursing Israel and was cursing his God. The moment for David was, what is it that shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine? So we can kind of see David's mind working here. He had a moment. He recognized that this was the moment for him to move forward and do something. Either I just go along with the program the way these others are saying, or is there something else that I should do? Should I indeed step up to the plate? So David recognized the moment. And we know that in picking up our, um, our, uh, in verse 31, and when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them from before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. 
Okay, and David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. So David recognized this moment and he made a decision. I am going to be the one that's going to go forth and fight with this Philistine. So when that moment comes into your life and you're hearing something like this going on, you need to recognize that this is a moment. And this is a moment then if you have to say to yourself, oh, okay, okay, there's something happening here. I need to make a decision. Do I move forth on my own and do this, that, and the other? Or do I turn to God and say, Lord, God, give me some steps, give me some direction. But first, you've got to realize that this is a moment. And the moment that you, the habit that you need to get into is when you get to these um, uh, uh, crossroads, if you will, these things that come into your life, instead of just letting it be another crossroad, you need to recognize that this is a moment in my life that I have to make some decisions. And what is it that I should do? Well, we know what David chose to do. David went on, went on to defeat Goliath. But he did not do it by himself. The word talks about how he took with him five smooth stones. Smooth, five smooth stones. He didn't say one or two or three, but five. Five is the number of grace. Smooth stones was that they were smooth so that they would have a, a, a glide path, a, traject, a trajectory that could be really put on point. We know that what he did with Goliath was that he knocked him down and he, went and he cut off his head. But he did not do it by himself. In, in recognizing that moment and in going to Saul and saying, that I will defeat that Philistine, what did Saul immediately say? Well, gee whiz, you're too small. You need this armor. Try on my armor. And he gave him this armor and David put this armor on. It was too big. It was too unwieldy. He didn't feel comfortable in being able to maneuver in, in battle in that thing. And so he took it off. He said, no, I won't. I won't use this. You see? Many times when you recognize that moment and you start going forth in, 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 in taking care of what that moment is predicting that you do, the world or others may come out and offer you a way to overcome your problem. All right. But we don't want to just take what the world would tell us to do or what someone that really doesn't care about us to do. We don't want to do what they want us. We want us to do. We want to do and recognize that moment what God would have us to do. God, David went out there without any kind of armor. All he had was that staff and he had, he had the, uh, the sling and the, and, the, uh, and the rocks and the stones. That was all, which was leaning on God. So when you recognize that moment and you realize that this is a moment where a decision is made, and you'll know when it's a moment when you start looking and recognizing that I'm at a crossroad here now. What am I going to do? And you recognize that this is a moment of significance, that you decide, am I going to go forth without God or am I going to go forth with God? As we see, David went forth with God and he was extremely successful. We see also, if you go to the book of Daniel, you see in the book of Daniel, Daniel uh, 6. Daniel chapter 6. Recognizing the moment. You see, and, and things come and go in our lives And what I'm trying to get you to really see and to grasp today is that things come and go in your life and they happen. They just seem to happen. The next thing you know, you're here in this position. And then your next thing you know, something else is taking place in your life. All of a sudden, you're someplace else, so to speak. Okay. And then later on, retrospectively, you may stop and think back and gee whiz, how did I wind up here? How did I wind up in this predicament? How did I wind up with so-and-so saying this to me and so-and-so doing this to me? Or what? How did I wind up here? The truth of the matter is, was that there was a moment there. There was a moment, but you didn't recognize it. 
There was a moment. And, and this is so commonplace. Don't think that you're anything, you know, out of step with God or anything like that. But things happen in our lives so quickly because of the fact that many times we are not in tune with the moments that happen in our lives. So you wind up from point A, all of a sudden you're at point B and you don't realize how you got there. Somewhere between A and B, there was a moment that you slept right through. There was a moment where, where God could have called you and pulled you aside and said, don't go in this direction, I want you to go in that direction. But what happened was that that moment came and went and you didn't ask it. You didn't recognize it. David stood there and listened and he said, what is it that the king said he's going to do to the man that kills Goliath? What did it? Okay, what, what was it that he said? That was a moment. He realized that. And then with prompting of Holy Spirit, I believe, David said, well, I will step up and do this. Because the, 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 the spirit of God welled up inside of him and he hated the fact that this, that this heathen was cursing his God. So David recognized this was the moment that I needed to do something. So, so when you wind up in point B from A and you don't realize all of a sudden it seems too fast, there was the moment that you slept through. So we have to be in tune with Holy Spirit. And slow down a little bit when things happen in our lives, okay? And if you get, if you get to the point that you are desiring, you are desirous of recognizing these moments, Holy Spirit will be there to help you to recognize them. Holy Spirit will be there to say, before you do that, before you take that step, look what's happening here. Look what's happening here. Look what is, look at what is about to happen. And that'll be your moment. That'll be your moment to decide what is it that you're going to do without you just charging it. Sometimes we just get swept up with the natural progression of life. That we don't take time to smell the coffee, so to speak, because these moments can happen at, a, at the drop of a hat. But we're just running so fast and furious and everything and not relying and forgetting to rely on Holy Spirit that these moments enter into our lives and we don't realize it, that it's a moment. Okay, you could be driving down the street and 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 for some reason you get this urge to to pull off and 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 go in Winco, just to say, you know, and you have well, why why do I need to go into Winco? This could be a moment. Recognize that moment. Maybe God wants you to go into Winco for some particular reason. But it's hard to recognize moments if you are not in tune with Holy Spirit. All right. So we see here in Daniel chapter six. Starting with verse number four. Okay. Then the presidents, uh, then the presidents and princes thought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Except we find it concerning the law of his God. So they're trying to find fault with Daniel. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, except of you, is what that means, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of, the, of lions. So, pause. so what they're trying to do, they're trying to plot against Daniel here, okay? They don't like the fact that he's praying to his god. So, so they're going to put together, they're going to put together an impeachment probe, <laughs> all right? And they're trying to find a way, to find a way to, to just scuttle him, just do away with him. And the only way that they can get him, they know, is to fault him on his God. So they're saying, anybody that doesn't bow down to, to you, old king, 
Anyone that worships anything or anyone else, okay, will, will be will be uh, uh, be in danger of being cast into uh, into the uh, den of lions. Then it goes on to say in verse number eight. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which alters not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew, here's verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened to his chamber, to his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. And as he did at a four time, then these men assembled and found David, Daniel uh, praying and making supplication before his God. So underline here in verse number 10, underline, now when Daniel, uh, when Daniel knew the writing was signed. Underline that. When Daniel knew the writing was signed. This was him recognizing that moment. Okay? When Daniel knew that the writing was signed, Daniel recognized the moment. The moment here was, what do I do? The king, the establishment here, the king himself has signed a decree that if I go and worship God, I stand a chance of being thrown into the lion's den. He recognized that particular moment. So what did he decide to do? In other words, he's saying, yeah, I have a choice to make. I can either go along with this decree and stop worshiping God or I can continue worshiping God. So Daniel recognized the moment. And the moment that he chose to do, obviously, what does it say there? And he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled down upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did before. All right. So Daniel recognized the there was a decision to be made. Now, what he could have done, he could have read about this decree and could have said, oh, well, OK, I'm going to go along with the decree, you know, whatever. I don't want to be thrown in the lion's den. OK, but but he but, but and then not even not even give it any thought. But he, he made a conscious decision. I'm not going to bow down to this. I'm going to continue worshiping my God. You see? So recognizing that moment again is something that you can either pass off and just let it fly by you. Or you can stop and realize that there's some significance in, in this, in this to, to my life. If Daniel had stopped praying, what would have that have done for him? If he had stopped praying to God, where would it have put him? We know what Daniel's life was, was all about. Okay, we know how God anointed him and touched him and gave him interpretation of dreams and all sorts of visions and things and used him mightily. But what if Daniel had just decided, okay, I'm living, what's that expression? Um, well, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. You know, when in Rome, do, he could have just gone off the program and not even just decide, okay, well, that's all right. I, I'll stop worshiping God and I'll go on and I'll do what the king wants me to do. You see, recognizing the moment. Daniel had a choice that he could have made, but he, he did what he knew God wanted him to do. We also see here in Matthew, go to the book of Matthew. Matthew 26. Matthew 26, verse number 36. Now, this is at the Garden of Gethsemane. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit you here while I go and pray yonder. 
And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry you here, and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, underline, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Nevertheless, not as I wilt, but as thou wilt. Jesus recognized the moment. Jesus recognized that moment. As horrible as what his predicted life was going to be for him. And he knew that he could call down a legion of angels at any particular time. He knew that. He knew he was going to be beaten mercilessly. He knew he was going to be crucified. But the thing that he feared the most was his separation from God the Father, from his Father, with whom he had been since the beginning of, of, of time, or before the beginning of time, since there is no time for God. But he has always been with God the Father, has always known his presence. Jesus knew that this separation was going to be imminent. However, what did he say? Nevertheless, not as my will, but your will. So Jesus had a moment there and he recognized that moment. He recognized that he had a decision to make. You ever stop and think what would happen? Where would we be if Jesus had said, I'm sorry, Father, but I can't go through with this. I want to return to heaven to be with you. There would be no cross. There would be no remission of sin for us. There'd be no possibility of us going to heaven for eternity. All the things that Jesus made possible for us would not have occurred. Jesus recognized that moment. And at that point in time, Jesus said, however, nevertheless, Father, not what I want to do, but what you want to do. When you recognize that moment that is coming into your life, when you recognize that this thing, that whatever that might be, that you have a choice, Will you do God's will or will you do, will you do what you want to do? Okay? And many times those moments that come into our lives, even though it, 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 it may ev- not ever be as significant as the decision that Jesus made, it may not ever be that deep, something that would impact all of mankind. But if you don't recognize that moment, you don't know what path, what wrong path you may wind up going down. So you need to recognize that moment and make a decision, Lord, do I do what it is that I feel I should do? Okay, and we have a good way of doing, of believing that what we feel we want to do is the best thing for us. Because we have a way of, of, you know, we're great human beings, we're great at rationalizing why we should do something. And we're great at also rationalizing why we should not do what God may want us to do. Oh, that's not really God telling me to do that. That's not really God. That's not the Holy Spirit telling me to do that. So we rationalize the reason why that why we shouldn't. But you've got to recognize what that moment is. And, 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 and like I said, that moment can be it can be, be a microsecond. It can be a minute, five minutes, ten minutes, a half a day, a full day, a week or whatever it might be. But you need to recognize that moment and say, gee, was now this is a moment here in my life that hinges on my decision. Don't let that moment just blow you by, blow, blow, blow past you. And you don't think it's significant because it could be very significant. God may be letting you see something here that could change, literally change the course of your, of your future. So recognize that as a moment. And Holy Spirit will let you know when you, when you tune in the Holy Spirit, you will know when Holy Spirit is saying, all right, now slow down. There's something here. I'm trying to tell you something. God the Father wants to give you something here. 
Recognize that this is a moment that Father wants to talk to you. Recognize that this is a moment where you can't continue going down that path that you're you're, you're heading, where right then at that particular time it may seem okay, okay? But those moments, they always come with something. There's always... um, um, there's always, you, you, you ever go down like, like, like a, uh, a residential street and it's got those speed bumps in the street? And you can be daydreaming or whatever, and I think you've been that way a million times, and you just forget that when you get to that greenhouse, there's a speed bump a few feet afterwards, and you forget, all of a sudden, boom, you hit that speed bump, you didn't slow down, and it kind of startles you. Oh boy, oh yeah, there's a speed bump back there. Those moments that pop into our lives sometimes can be like those speed bumps. And if they come up, they come upon you and you don't recognize that that moment is there, you wind up hitting it, which is bringing attention to the fact that there's a moment here, something you need to stop and think about. Or do you just keep driving along? You recover from the jolt, but you just keep driving along. You don't stop to think. You don't stop to think that I just hit a speed bump in this residential street. I need to cut my speed. I need to slow down my speed. I need to watch for children. OK, that's recognizing the moment. That's recognizing the moment you hit that speed bump and you slow down and start looking for kids and, and realizing, oh, there's a sign there, 25 miles per hour I should be going. That, that's when you recognize the moment. But a person that doesn't recognize the moment hits that speed bump, they just continue going. They keep going there 35 or 40 miles an hour and, they, and they, continue go, they just continue going until they hit the consequence, which could be something dangerous, hurting a kid, God forbid, something. But that's what, that's what these moments, how these moments can appear. But what do you do when a moment like that does hit your life? Do you stop and you, do, 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 do you savor that moment? Do you, do you say, okay, God, what does that mean? What should I do? David, what is it that they say will happen to the man that kills Goliath? Daniel, oh boy, the king put out this writ that I can't, this law says I can't pray to you anymore. What am I going to do? Am I going to give in to the law? Am I going to continue praying to you, God? Do you stop and you recognize that this is the moment? This is a, a point in my life where I need to decide what it is that I'm going to do. These moments will always happen in our lives. These moments will come, will come to us um, uh, uh, from other people. These moments will come to us in terms of relationships. These moments will come to you in terms of, gee whiz, do I need to continue being around this person? Because every time I'm there, or this, that moment could come when that person finally says something to you. That is just so bothersome that you have to make a decision. How am I going to handle this? Do I want to continue being in this person's presence or do I just want to make a stand and say, I'm not just going to deal with this anymore? Moments can come to us with with our loved ones, with our families, with our friends. It can come to you over dinner where you have to decide what it is that you want to do with your life. Moments can come into your life where you have to decide that I'm going to put my foot down. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to do what God would want me to do and not what everybody else is telling me I should be doing. God is the one that leads me. Now, it's fine if I'm going to listen to input and everything, but each each one of those inputs can indeed be a moment. If you stop and you think back to David, what was how many moments did he have when his own brothers were coming against him? You're too this, you're too that. We were just talking about this a little while ago. But you're too skinny, you're too that. You won't be able to succeed. But he knew what God wanted him to do. He had that initial moment when he felt Holy Spirit was telling him to move forward. You take the job and go after this Goliath. Everyone else is too afraid. He had that initial moment. But then when he went through, there were other moments where his brothers were trying to, to, to discourage him. So as you go through life, and, you, and, and, and um, as I said, some moments are more significant than others. 
Some moments may come from someone where you simply want to just take it and push it aside and don't even regard it. Just disregard it totally. Another moment coming from someone else you may want to stop and, and dwell on. You may want to take that conversation to God. God, what was meant by that comment that so-and-so made when I said so-and-so? What was made with that comment, Lord? Was that a spirit of darkness speaking through that person at me trying to, to achieve a certain purpose? What was that moment about? See, we need to be more reflective of our lives. Just because God is in our lives, we know that God is there, doesn't mean that we can be asleep at the wheel. Moments come into our lives almost <laughs> every single moment of the day, so to speak. There can be a moment coming into your life. Now, that doesn't mean that you spend all of your time, all of your time, or, uh, uh-oh, what did that mean? Oh, so-and-so says, oh, what did that mean? Oh, wait a minute, now, what are you talking about, really? What are you trying to say through that? That doesn't mean that you have to develop an attitude of being suspicious of everyone, because Holy Spirit will tell you when there's a moment that you need to think about. Holy Spirit will guide you and say, well, you know, it's a mighty, mighty... It's mighty, mighty odd when all of a sudden something happens in your life that doesn't normally happen. Someone shows up at your door or you run into someone that you don't usually see three times in a row. I'm just trying to think of things in your life that might be unusual. That might be a moment. And you need to look for, for recognizing that moment. I, I firmly do not believe in coincidence. Coincidence me, in my life would mean that God has no control over my life. I'm just living a life and just kind of, ah, la di da di da and I'm just skipping around through life, just to, you know, and never even thinking on God. I choose not to believe that because the Word of God says that's not so. God is very much interested in my life and very much in charge of my life. So I don't believe in coincidence. So if I see things that are happening, you know, let's just say, you know, for sake of conversation here, you know, three times in a row, or so seeing a certain person three times or two times or whatever, again, Holy Spirit will let you know that there's some significance of that moment, there's some meaning, there's some reason, and that's time for you to go to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what's going on here? Why is it that I keep running into so-and-so? Or why is it that every time I go down such and such a street, I keep I, I keep running into cars? We need to change. Maybe you need to change your direction to work, <laughs> drive a different, or take the bus. You know, but 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 things happen in your life. Don't be so so quick to just kind of sleep on it and dismiss it. Okay, learn to remember to to recognize the moment. Okay. All right. So, so the question here is then again, you know, how do I do this? How do I do this? We saw even Jesus recognized the moment when he had to make a decision. We go to the, to the book of uh, Joshua. Good old Joshua, Joshua 1. Joshua 1. And starting with 1, Joshua 1, 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all of this people, Unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Okay, so here's a direction from God now, all right? Three, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Please underline verse three. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river, 
the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea towards, toward uh, the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Now, this is God telling Joshua, making some tremendous promises to Joshua, saying, nothing that you do shall fail. Nothing that you do shall fail. Every place that you, you set your foot, you know, you, you, will, you will prevail. He said, as I was with Moses, as so I will be with thee. I will not fail you nor forsake you. God is saying the same thing to you. God is with you. You will not fail. God will not forsake you. He will not leave you. He will always be by your side. But how many times do we go through life and these moments happen in our lives and we don't recognize them? And then when we do recognize them as something significant, we forget that God is there with us. That, you know, where you're going tomorrow, today, next week, the, the months from now, whatever, God is going to be with you. You have new things happening in your life. You're going down a new career path. You're going into a new house. You're getting a new car that God is with you. You're going there to buy a car. You don't know which car to buy. Remember that God is with you. Remember that you have these moments that happen in your life and you need to recognize it and make sure that God is there. Then you're taking the direction that he wants you to go in. Verse number six says, be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Verse 7, underline that. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, uh, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Underline that. Turn, um, turn and, uh, from, what is it? Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wherever thou goest. That's saying to be focused, to stay single-mindedly focused, single-eyed focused. Underline that and remember that, remember that to keep your, your eyes focused on God. There'll be many things that pop up from the left or from the right. You see, and those many things, you know, you, th- you always think of left and right, you know, and instead of straight ahead. Those things that pop up from the left and right, they can sometimes come at you full, fo- full force directly in front of you in terms of opposition, people, sets, uh, 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 things that they're saying, actions that they're taking. But all of that, don't be distracted. That's what this is saying. Don't be distracted. Recognize that as a moment. Again, someone's trying to discourage me. Someone is saying to me that you're not going to succeed. You're not going to make it. The bill that came in the mail all of a sudden, you know, IRS or something like that. And boom, this bill is there. You know, stay focused. Don't look to the left or to the right. Recognize that as a moment. Maybe that piece of mail that you got is time for you to go to God and say, Lord, I'm getting this mail. How shall I deal with this? Or this is happening in my life. Something coming in the mail could be a moment. You need to recognize that as a moment and simply not, not try to ignore it. See, Holy Spirit will guide you into these moments that pop up. You see, so, so, so God is giving him some, some awesome directions here. Verse number eight says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Reading this verse, number eight, could be a moment for you. Simply reading this verse here and now could be a moment. Because the moment here is where you have to make a decision. God is saying here, don't let this law, don't let this book, look, depart out of your mouth. Meditate therein day and night. 
that you may observe to do according to all that is written. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. This could be a moment. Maybe God is telling you through this scripture, don't forget to meditate on my word. Don't forget to think about me. Keep me always in your thoughts, and then your way shall be prosperous. Then you shall succeed. This might be a moment. Verse number nine says, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And then, then what, does hap- what happens in verse number 10? Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host, command the people, saying, prepare, prepare you victuals, for within three days you shall pass over this Jordan, go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess. In verse number 10, underline that. If you have room in your margin, recognize that Joshua recognized the moment. He recognized the moment. He heard what God had to tell him. God said, I'm going to be with you. Be strong. Be of a good courage. I want you to get the people together. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Because you're going to go out every place that you shall step. You shall succeed. And whatnot. Joshua recognized that moment. He recognized the moment that I have a choice. I can either do what God is telling me to do. God had a choice. Joshua had a, he was at a place there. Moses had some mighty big shoes. Now God was telling him, you're stepping in Moses' shoes. This was a moment. God was telling him that you're going to step in his shoes and you're going to do the same way I was with Moses. I'm going to be with you. You're going to do this and you're going to do that. You're going to take these people and you're going to command them. This was a moment. He recognized that moment. And then what did Joshua do? Then what does it say in 10? Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people. He went and he said, yes, sir. I hear you, Lord. I hear you. I hear you. He recognized that moment. He made a decision. I'm not going to continue here pleading, Lord, I can't, I can't do it, Moses did. No way can I lead these people. No way, no way. He, he recognized that, that this was a change in my life. Joshua recognized this is a change in my life. Do I follow and obey God? Do I, do I have the confidence? Do I have the boldness that God is telling me to take because he's going to be with me? Or do I just go into my tent and just die out here in the desert or whatever? He had that moment. He recognized it. And he went forth and he did what God did. And you're going to do the same things in your life. There's going to be challenges. And I submit to you. I submit to you because of the way that things are going in this nation and in the world. The society in general. The choices and the things that are going to be coming, coming before you. I submit to you that you're going to see more moments coming up in your life than, than before. You need to be able to recognize those moments and make the right decisions. They're talking the craziest things in the world. Want to rename Thanksgiving? You know Christmas is coming up. You know the, the pushes against Christmas. Everything that's going on in this society as we knew it coming up is so, is so different. It's so challenging. They want to usher in more, more and more things that are ungodly. And if you work in an environment that's other than in a church environment, it'll be even difficult for those that work in a church environment because the way the way the enemy is coming against the church as a whole is going to have many churches even folding and giving in to the way of the world because they want to they want to keep people. They want to keep the tithes. They want to keep offerings or for whatever host of reasons. Or they've been deluded into thinking, thinking that God's law as written in Old Testament doesn't apply today. What God speaks about in New Testament, he doesn't apply in the 21st century because now we have this and we have that and we have this and we have that. And everyone just wants to be loving and everything. 
So you will have many moments possibly coming against you, coming into your lives. Recognize them as moments. Recognize them so that you can be mindful of doing what God is calling you to do. And recognizing that you are not going to do simply what you just want to do. And I think these moments are going to be more and more prevalent. So as we see there, Joshua recognized that moment and he chose to do what God was telling him to do. He, 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 faced, he faced everything that he had to do with confidence because God said he'd be with him. You know, God is with you. But the fact is, though, do you believe that? Do you believe that? You see, see, it is so challenging for us human beings here in the 21st century with science advancing in leaps and bounds to believe that this invisible God that we can't see it's so hard for us as Christians to believe that God is really with us. When he says, I'm not going to forsake you, I'm with you, that means that he literally is with you. As sure as there is gravity on this planet Earth, God is with you. God is in your life. And God has a way of communicating with you and wanting to communicate you, with you and letting you see where these um, uh, uh, bumps in the road are coming about, are coming before you. And therefore, he's saying, here comes a moment. Do you recognize that, that particular moment? Look for them because they are they're out there. In recognizing the moment, you can stand with confidence knowing that God is indeed with you. And then in the last couple of uh, scriptures here, let's go to John 16. Praise the living God. John 16. And just want to do verse... Verse 31. We'll go to verse, verse, uh, verse 29. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou came from God. Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Behold, the hour comes, yea, now come, that you shall uh, be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Underline that if you don't already have it underlined. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, underline, I have overcome the world. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Jesus came to overcome the world. That means the world system, the way people do things outside of God, ungodly things. The key here is to recognize the moment during a potential tribulation and ask what God wants you to do. Jesus said you have tribulations. That means that you're not going to be just, you know, sitting someplace on a lily pad, you know, drinking lemonades and just kind of drifting through life. Jesus said you will have tribulations. Those tribulations are potential moments in your life. When those tribulations come upon you, then you need to recognize it as this, as this is the moment that I need to decide what it is that I'm going to do. How am I going to handle this particular moment? Do I do as Daniel did and, and I don't care what the world is telling me to do, what the rules are telling me to do? I'm going to go to God and seek God. Are you going to recognize the moment the way Jesus did and say, Jesus, uh, Father, if there's any way, let this cup pass. However, nevertheless, 
not, not my will, but your will. When God is telling you to do something, is telling you to go someplace or telling you to say something, telling you to minister something to someone, are you going to recognize that as a moment and decide, well, I don't think that's a good thing for me to do. I think I should do it some other way. Or are you going to listen to what God is telling you to do? Because that moment could be so significant, it could literally change the course of your life. You don't know the, the future for your life. God does. God does. But the more we stay focused on Holy Spirit and stay focused on the word, then we can we can learn to be able to more readily recognize those moments as they come into our lives. Because the average, I won't say the average Christian, but so many Christians just kind of go through life not recognizing that there are significant points in time. There are significant spots in their lives where where um, God is trying to speak to them. In closing real quickly, I can just say.